Welcome everyone. This is Judith Wave, NACE practitioner and host of the fourth trimester NP podcast. Today, I'm really excited because I get to discuss preconception care. And it's the first time that I'm not by myself, just sort of running through facts. I get to have a co-host. So I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled about that. Um, so please join me wherever you are and welcome Crystal Roberts. And I'll go through her bio at this time. So, uh, Crystal Ann Roberts, I'm going to call you Crystal. Is that is it okay for me to call you Crystal or Crystal Ann? Tell me. Crystal. What's the- Crystal, okay. Perfectly fine, yeah. Okay. Um, but the government name is Crystal Ann, correct? That's right. Okay. So we'll do, for the bio, we'll do Crystal Ann, um, okay. just so that when people look for you, because they will after this podcast, everything lines up, okay? There you go, yes. Uh, okay, good. So um, Crystal Ann Roberts is a registered nurse currently practicing in the high-risk field um, of obstetrics in South Florida, She's also the founder and childbirth educator with Jonas Booth. Crystal Ann Roberts received her bachelor's in psychology from Nova Southeastern University and her associate's degree in nursing from Miami-Dade College. She obtained her certification as a hypnobirthing childbirth educator because of her love for maternity and her passion to influence the birthing world. She's been married for 11 years and has two children. It was the birth of her sons that influenced the founding of Jonah's birth. She believes every woman has a right to safe maternity care and should have access to evidence-based birthing. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you. What an honor to be here. It's so exciting. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take a deep dive in. Um, uh, let's let's do it. Yes. So why is preconception care important? Um, and I thought that it was great that we were, we had a chance to talk about this during March, which mm-hmm. is historically a uh, women's history month. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the foundation for a healthy pregnancy occurs prior to conception. And we had a chance to um, read this article, you know, in order for us to prepare for this talk. And I think something struck both of us. Would you like to share it? Um in that yeah. particular article. Tom. Yeah, so we, yes, I'm glad um, you sent me the article. It was very fascinating. But um, as we mentioned before we started, the main takeaway that we want, I think everyone who's listening today to um, to to hold on to is that um, pregnancy is is one thing, but in order for you to really have a successful pregnancy, the core of it begins long before you get that positive test, right? And right. there's a the famous line in that in that article that says it's all about the soil, not the seed. So we have really focused, especially in healthcare, we've done so much research and so much studies, and we focus a lot on what happens after pregnancy and how to fix things after pregnancy um, has already begun, but not realizing the true impact that um, preconception health has. And by health, we're talking about mental, social, um, emotional health, and of course, physical and how that plays a role in getting pregnant and then having a successful pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, if I'm honest, and I think about my own children, I mean, I was always reactive. Um, I I think about my eldest. And so I really got serious about health. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is after being an RN. Like if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing like full disclosure, 
Um, mm-hmm. When I when I got pregnant with him, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to stop the coffee. Like I was like mm-hmm. drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many cups a day. I won't tell you how many cups I drink now, but I was I'm still. I, <laughs> I know. Still I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> no, no. Um, I had to really limit my chocolate habits. Um, yeah. yeah. I had to think about also exercise. I had to because I was really worried. If I'm really transparent, I was worried about gaining the forty pounds, the fifty pounds and yeah. so I was really good with changing my diet when I was pregnant with her and really thinking about five to seven servings of fruits and yeah. vegetables and um you know I had to stop all of my partying in Miami like that ah. that had to end like there's there's like that's like a period in time in my life that's the last time I knew when carnival is in, in Miami oh because I was gosh. like yeah. I moved on you know so there was definitely no more alcohol um, and so it's, it's that I'm, I, my story is much like most women, you know, we, we, we tend to get serious yeah. um, with pregnancy, uh, yeah. you know, but was there anything that you gave up um, with, with either of your sons? Yeah. So it's funny how each pregnancy is different, right? I would say that my first pregnancy was kind of like yours in the sense of what you described in the sense of, you know, oh gosh, okay, we're going to plan to get pregnant. But I didn't make any significant changes prior to that. And then once I'm pregnant, then, okay, boom, I need to call and find the OB and get go to the doctor. Because prior to that, you didn't even know if your gynecologist did deliveries. Correct. So <laughs> you didn't know, hey, it, it's a blessing if you were even doing annual visits. Because I was, what, early, tw- mid-20s? So... You know, you're thinking you're so healthy and everything is fine. So I am completely oblivious, right? But then with my second pregnancy, and now, of course, education played a part in that, right? So now I'm working in the field of maternity and I'm just more aware and educated. And I made sure that it was maybe eight months, maybe a little under a year when we knew we wanted to try for another child and... I went for my physical, but it wasn't a regular physical. I said, I need to do a full workup because we awesome. want to have a baby next year. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And that, I didn't think of that when I was 20. Yeah. Right. I didn't think of anything. <laughs> but now I was what? I was, I was 34. So it, it's a different, different world. And I, you know, working where I work, I risk. So I was, yes. <laughs> it kind of traumatized me a little bit. <laughs> True. So, but it made me, I was not so much more aware that I need to go get checked out because now I'm like, well, mommy has um, um, hypertension and grandma had diabetes. So now I was aware that all those factors will play a part in the fact that I was older now um, getting pregnant. So, you know, education plays a big role. And I'm not just talking being educated, like, oh, you have a degree or you went to college, but education regarding women's health and pregnancy is key. And that that's that's what created the shift for me. So I did better the second or second time around. First time, not so good. Not so much. I, I agree. Like I even, yeah. you know, I have asthma and I, I had like poorly controlled asthma for most of my life. Um, and it's when I got pregnant with Zia and I got pregnant mm-hmm. with my fist, I went, I, I made an appointment with a pulmonologist. Like I got, I got serious 
very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I went, I'm like, okay, so how do we do this? And how do I not harm her? And the emphasis was still shifted on the baby, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't how do I survive to take care of the baby? No. <laughs> the ev- right? You know, so it was it's about- just to get you through that period, right? Exactly. Yeah. How do we take care of, you know, and preconception care really is a gift because it offers you the ability to not only take care of yourself, mm-hmm. but to be there to be physically able to take care of a health hopefully a healthy and well baby exactly exactly it's so it's so important but you know i feel like we're oftentimes our society healthcare we're very much of a treatment society you know so we wait until something goes wrong or we get diagnosed with something and that's when we're trying to figure out how to how to deal with it how to fix it and not realizing that a lot of the things that we deal with in pregnancy, if we had made certain lifestyle changes before, we could have, you know, mitigated a lot of those problems um, or lessened them or at least know what to do to control them so that you can get through the pregnancy safely. You know, true. I agree. That's all yeah. preventative. You know, that's yeah. that's a health care that we, we, we would like to believe we're, we're practicing. Nice. I know, but, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I was even I was even thinking about that because I was looking at some other talks regarding um, this preconception care, and one mm-hmm. of the OBGYNs was lamenting the fact that you can't really get an insurance to pay for preconception genetic testing, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. well, you can. true, a lot. Uh, yeah, that's another you know? topic. Access, yeah, exactly. But thankfully, um, most insurance companies will pay for preconception care. You know, mm-hmm. private insurance companies. So that would allow you to say, um, coupled with your your PCP and say, you know what, can I, can I, wh- what should I do to have a healthy baby? Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually let me advance to the next slide because I think um, I really like this approach of anyone who who's in that span where they can conceive really needs to be thinking about um, what do I need to do to have a healthy pregnancy right. and a healthy baby? Yeah. Because that kind of takes us into the discussion about when it's unplanned, right? Because how much, how many of our pregnancies were legitimately planned where um, I could say for my second son, like it was very much thought out and that's because of where I worked. But for the m- most part, you're not aware of those issues. You're not aware of what could develop. So, you know, if you get pregnant, you get pregnant. <laughs> Exactly. You know, especially if you think you're already in a in a committed relationship of some sort. Some people are like, well, it's okay if I get pregnant, I get pregnant. Not realizing that there's so many factors that can affect that pregnancy, not just the physical, right? Correct. And Correct. Um, what you mentioned is is key. True. Um, so when when we looked at preconception, I actually I wanted to touch on one thing that you said. Like I was looking for stats on unintended pregnancies. Um yeah. And I, I couldn't really find, I couldn't find anyone recently to stand up on one number. Yeah, um, like I, I, I didn't find CDC. a number either. Yeah, I just but, found like data, like a summation of what they believe, but not necessarily a number to hold on to. Right. There was no magic um, digit. Yeah. But I, it, it seems to be around 50%. Yeah, yeah. Right? On um, average. Right. On average. I mean, I can't tell you that I've ever said, I am going to conceive this year like I've never yeah. made that as a goal um but I could say that my pregnancies have revealed a lot of things you know that crystal ball effect mm-hmm. of pregnancy where mm-hmm. it shows you 
you know what, this could possibly happen if you don't behave yourself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. like, like, like yeah. preeclampsia. Like I had preeclampsia. So I knew, you know what, I'm at high risk for heart disease. I need to go walk and run and jump and do burpees yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my asthma uh, would not have been as well controlled if I didn't pay attention. Um, right. You know, like I had C-sections. I knew that I'm not going to be in the bed. I knew that I'm a rebellious patient. Right. Um, and so oh my I God. Know- and she's a, and she's a nurse guy. Right. Remember this. She's a yeah. nurse practitioner. So I mean, I have to be, I'm, <laughs> I'm being really, I'm being really honest. So I knew that, you know, I had to be able to be strong yeah. um, to survive surgery. And so I, I sort of catered my life to that. But yeah. I, I found some of these, um, like the idea of, of when preconception care, like when did it start? And something that I found, like they, they released, I think ACOG released a statement in 1995. Um, if you a think about time. that, I mean, that, but to me, it's not really long if you think about all of women's health. Yeah. Um, and so, no, that's, no, I, I mean, the data of the, the article, it, there's yeah. not been a more recent one. Mm-hmm. No. No, um, but then I found um, thank, through to these two um, physicians, and I just want to say thank you wherever you are, doctors Angeline Belsos and uh, Nancy Phillips. And so they found that the the Spartans, like they they did the research, and they found mm-hmm. that Spartans actually ordered their women to exercise so that their their fruit would be strong and healthy, right? Really, yeah, I mean, that this- makes sense based on yeah. their the, the way that culture. Um, you know, right. the, the way they focus on strength and, and health and all of that. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a an, an umph of eugenics in there, but we won't touch it. We won't touch it. Believe it alone. Um, and then this was this was from the Old Testament. Um, this was Samson's mom. An angel of the Lord told the woman, you shall conceive. This was when, you know, prior to pregnancy. So this is our preconception health right here in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, you shall conceive and bear a son. But beware, do not drink wine and strong drink and eat not any unclean thing. Um, so in many ways, this is an old concept that we are trying right. to push um, because we, we want you to be healthy, um, mm-hmm. to take to take care of the next. Right, um, the next generation. The next generation. Let me yeah. move us over here, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, so why is preconception care important? Uh, and I think we've, and I think you've touched on, on quite a few of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that unintended pregnancy is associated with an increased risk of problems to both mom and baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, what's the point if, if there's no mom there? And there, there are lots of wonderful stories of women stepping in or dad stepping up um, to the plate, but we know mm-hmm. that having a mother there, there's really nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some some of the reasons why health is impacted may be baseline health, right? As you said, it could be some yeah. diabetes, high blood pressure. Could it be a thyroid problem? Um, sometimes yeah, I mean, a- most of the time they don't even you don't know you're you don't you're so we're so naive, you know. We assume that we will one get pregnant easily, and so huge. Anyway, that's another conversation, right? Yes, yes. Um, that's a whole thing in itself that would take the whole podcast. But <laughs> we see, I know that I did. You know, you assume that you're healthy unless you've been diagnosed with something major. When you're in your 20s and 30s, which is when people are thinking about, most people are thinking about having a child, you're, you assume you're healthy, you assume you're, everything is fine. So when, usually it's when, you, when, you, when you're pregnant, that's when you find out like, wait, what? I have what? <laughs> But Agreed. I didn't know, or I never had any symptoms, or I never had any signs. So, 
yeah that's another and I think I think the other thing that we we get in trouble with um is we think that we can do career right like you know we could leave the career and then in our 40s we can you know just magically have this super healthy baby yeah and that that's definitely not always the truth even though I've had a when I was at um, Broad Health, we took care of a fifty-one-year-old natural conception. Um, but she's she's like we'll never see her again, right? You know, you know, yeah. like that was that's how that much right. But then you know what will happen, Judith? People will highlight these cases, and so it gives the society it gives society this um this 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 false belief that. It doesn't matter how old I am, I can still have a, yes, you technically can have a healthy pregnancy, but the chances decreases because yeah. when you're older, what other health conditions do you have? But when we focus on these one isolated cases and make that the seem like that's a, that's the majority, that's false, you know, right. but a lot of us believe that, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to chase the dreams. Like what you said, right. I'm going to do what I have to do. And then I'll get pregnant later. And then we're surprised when we're 38 and trying to get pregnant for the first time that we're not getting um, conceiving easily or we conceive and we have repeated losses or we have pregnancy complications throughout. Correct. Correct. And, yeah. and as we know, as we age, it's more likely that we'll have some other, you know, underlying health concern. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then, okay. So, uh, delayed prenatal care um sometimes you know you're not thinking especially in that perimenopausal space yeah you're not expecting pregnancy i always enjoy that all. i guess yeah you have the teenagers and then you have on the other side you have on the other end of the spectrum right correct right. you know um i think and then, i would have a whole meltdown if i was like 50 <laughs> and pregnant dear god <laughs> i'm in the car line like really are we are we doing this yet again i, I don't um, know what i would do you'd find me in a i would have to call you <laughs> you would find me in a corner somewhere <laughs> i'm like can we talk about hot flashes and breastfeeding anybody no only me okay no. sounds good sounds good <laughs> oh my gosh Any, i mean anyway let's Let's, let's get back. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Um, all right. So unknown genetic underliers. That's the other thing, you know, like, especially from the Caribbean, um, and you correct me if it's not like this in Jamaica, everything is a secret. You know, we have all this secret medical knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. and so something, something happened with that particular family member and nobody knows why, except yeah. they do and they don't share it. So that's yeah. the, the unknown genetic underliers that uh, may not we, we don't have to test until we were thinking about having a baby. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. And the genetics of dad. So what I find, especially working where I work in high risk, so we, we'll, we'll have uh, families, uh, moms admitted, and we're finding that there's some um, genetic issues with the baby, and that's how we're seeing certain things, right? And everything is fine with mom, but... We get a lot of pushback on getting information regarding the paternal side. So right. it's important. I always try to emphasize it's important that before you get pregnant, have some idea, have some sense of what's going on with dad's side. Um, is, is sickle cell, um, things that your aunt had it, but you don't have it. So you don't think it's a big deal, but he's also a carrier. You didn't know that. You know what I mean? Um, right. And you have all these things that not because you don't see it in the person, some, you know, a lot of us don't realize that 
you have these recessive traits that pass on. So not because someone doesn't express it doesn't mean they are not carrying it. And then now you together now pass that on to the child. And now the child is expressing it and we're seeing it with certain developmental issues and concerns long before birth. And we're wondering why. So I'm not saying that that means you shouldn't have conceived of that person, but being educated can cause you to plan differently and say, is this something that you want to do or want to deal with? You know? So. I agree, especially in, in populations that don't really intermarry. Yeah. Um, you know, so it becomes a huge problem. Like, you know, I know for sure, just coming from my oncology history with the Bahamas, you know, you had all that, all that BRCA gene mutation because nobody really, they all came from the slave trade. They all came from the same place. And so they all came to the same islands. And it's not like in Trinidad, we have black, we have Indian, we have all this diversity. And so our gene pool is a little bit more mixed, but it's not like that in the Bahamas. Um, And so when you're thinking about, um, and this this is actually something they used to do in Trinidad. Like if you're thinking about dating someone, people would think, well, what's their family history? Yeah. That's the time that we yeah. start thinking about it yeah. because you want to make sure that we're not like kissing cousins, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's true though. It's true. And in the islands, it's a little clo- easier to do that. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's our own island. little yeah. preconception yeah. care, Caribbean preconception care there. I know. Um, I know. I know. There's a lot of things that uh, think of like thalassemia, um, which I know I'm jumping the gun. I feel like. Correct. <laughs> yeah, in. I mean, and that's so that there there are panels for people of Jewish ancestry. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I know that I have family members who have sickle cell traits. Right. So that was part of our conversation. So like you know, it just it just depends on what your ethnic background is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for them to do different screenings. So and we'll we'll give you a little bit more of a comprehensive list as we proceed. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's let's proceed. Um. And then you know we we touched on this, but I'll just we'll review it here and then move on. Um, and so this is care that's delivered to any woman of childbearing capacity. And when I was thinking about this, um, really having a good primary care provider is key it's because so that's, you know, that should be part of the yearly visit. So mm-hmm. are you thinking about having children? Um, let's review your medication list. Let's, what does that look like for you? Are you mm-hmm. in a stable relationship? Like those, those, those types of questions come into play. So if you're mm-hmm. having that conversation with your primary care, you're having that conversation with your OBGYN. Um, it sets you up for more success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it really does. Um, it's it's just important for you to also be getting annual visits regardless of you planning to, to conceive in the near future. And I want to emphasize that because it's very common. I feel like, I don't know about you know, like for Jamaican culture, like if you're not sick, what are you going to the doctor for? Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. What's wrong with you? Correct. Um, it's just not as common for us to say we're going to go get our annual visit and get our blood work done. First of all, half of us are definitely afraid of the doctor because, um, especially like I can speak in my own family, that like the thought of going to the physician is like, they think of it as like a mechanic. Oh, you know, they're going to find something wrong. Agreed. Agreed. So they're just scared to go because oh the doctor's only going to tell me bad news that i found something they're they're going to find something wrong and it's going to stress them out so learning to develop a relationship with your doctor where it's not this it's not fearful um and knowing the benefits of finding even if something is is discovered what are the 
what what is better more beneficial finding out later or um finding out early enough where we can correct things you know correct. so i want to emphasize that don't be scared to go to the doctor don't be scared to talk about concerns especially men are men and i'm talking general because even if women are listening to this podcast you know a man <laughs> you know a guy somewhere right mm -hmm. so please you know emphasize both of you because conception it's it's two and we set we tend to focus just on the mom and if anything is wrong it's mom if anything's problematic with the pregnancy it's mom if she can't get pregnant it's mom and not realizing that there's a whole other 50 percent of that came from dad right no, I completely agree. I think that's that, you know, if you think about postpartum education, one of the things that we should stress is when is the next time that you're not, not just your follow-up with your OB, but when are you going to establish care A, if it's establishing care, or when yeah. do you next see your, your um, primary care provider? And then mm -hmm. that way we don't have this cutoff of where you no longer, all you're doing is taking the baby to the pediatrician. And you've and forgotten it. all about yourself, even though you had preeclampsia and you had gestational diabetes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think um, we need to stress that all around, which is why I like the idea of, of preconception health for anyone who's of childbearing age, because it's a reminder that you need to keep in contact with the healthcare system. Yes, yes. You know? Yes. Um, okay, can proceed. And then, you know, so we, we spoke about the why and we had a lot of fun with the why, um, but what, what is preconception care? What are the components of preconception care? Um, mm -hmm. And Crystal, you touched on this really quite eloquently earlier, um, but it's really three spheres, right? We have our biomedical sphere, we have the behavioral sphere, and then we have the social sphere. Um, and all of these interact um, in many ways, uh, but we'll, you know, mostly we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the heavy hitters from biomedical, you know, you think about diabetes, you think about mm -hmm. blood pressure, mm -hmm. you, know, you think about thyroid disorders, asthma, genetics, um, behavioral. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has exploded, right? When yeah. you think about yes. because of the pandemic, thankfully, um, you know, so depression, anxiety, other moods. I mean, I have not once heard about um postpartum depression growing up in the caribbean i know not once but judith how was our culture back home i know i know how was our support system it wasn't just you didn't get pregnant and then it was just thrown out by yourself it yeah. was this whole village system that right. helped to raise right. you i had a right. million aunties that weren't really my aunt but they were my aunt. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah know? yeah yeah, but there was no Tim. There were no terminologies. There was nothing for you to put to say. This is how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. That's was, it, yeah. you know, you're good. You had a baby. You come out to the hospital. Okay, what are you complaining about now? Yeah, you know. So I think um, it, it was. It's missing from the attention that's needed. It was missing. And if mm -hmm. if you think about, it, it's possibly one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is now we can openly talk about mental health without being. Yes having yeah. to, to hide I'm feeling like it. something is wrong with you or you're crazy Correct. because you um because you're seeing a therapist you hear there was a time before when you mentioned at work oh you're i'm going to my therapist everybody turned around like well what's wrong with you yeah you know? why don't you go to church go to church instead why are you why is not a therapist yeah. you know it's that. like maybe i want to go to church and go to see a therapist like yeah. why, why can't we do why can't we why access can't whatever we need to agreed yeah. you know right. um 
And if you have no faith, I want to just throw that out there. You also, I mean, going to a therapist alone is going, it's going to give you good results, whatever you yeah. need to do to be healthy. Yeah, um, it's very important. And then it's very important. Um, and then social. So this is looking really the holistic view of the patient, right? This is nursing 101. Like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, your income is going to impact your access to the medications you need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, what neighborhood is this child going to grow up in? Where are you, where are you, where are you living? um your family your partner now you spoke about genetics um like his his and i was thinking about it I was like on the sixth date do you talk about genetics like on the <laughs> like i just i just kind of in my mind hmm. thinking about like <laughs> like when do you say hey where's your background do you anybody have sickle cell in your family anybody when you go to go down the list of the most common ones yeah, um, I don't destroy your family tree. On this, day, I know, yeah. right? I don't know when is a good time to do that, but it's up there with talking about finance. I'm like, if Agreed. you can talk about your finances, you can talk about yeah. your health background. Agreed. What's and, your credit score and your yeah, family? There you go, because that's a that's a very uncomfortable <laughs> topic. So if you can do that, you can talk about your health background. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Agreed. And, we really shouldn't be afraid of it, but we are, you know, especially if you feel like there's something back there that you're not so comfortable with and you're worried that the person may be turned off. But also when we talk about genetics and talking to the partner, we should also mention prior to sexual intercourse, we should be having that health conversation because Agreed. of the risk of transferring STIs, um, sexually transmitted infections and diseases, right? So we should be having that conception before you become intimate with, with someone um, so that one, you're not at risk for putting yourself in danger, but also, also showing the other person that you value them by sharing your, um, your status. Right? I mean, that's all sexual. I mean, that's, <laughs> mm. that's another, podcast. that's another, I mean, that could be another <laughs> agreed. I mean, we could do biomedical behavioral, social, and then sexual health all by itself yeah um but for the interest of time we'll we'll move on we'll, we'll um, pause there another we'll thing i want there. to mention Judith, me. is um when they talk about social this is something that happened to me and i was like you see most of us don't think about this prior to getting pregnant if you start a new job and you know you want to get pregnant and you have not been here <laughs> long enough to take maternity leave <laughs> you're like you're shaking your head. Preaching, you have, preaching to the choir. <laughs> it's true. We've been there because I remember when I was my first pregnancy, and I was like, I just thought, am I here long enough? And then the question is, what if you need to take leave before? Because nobody plans for the unplanned situations, right? Like, okay. so because you're pregnant, we think, oh, I'm gonna take maternity leave at nine months. But what if you have any complications during? What if you're so sick? in the early first trimester like i was oh let's not talk about the first trimester yeah, i was very yeah. sick in the first trimester and um i had bleeding in the first trimester and so i was like my doctor was like you are not working <laughs> you are not working on the <laughs> stage and that was like well what do you mean like the bills though are still gonna come so how is that gonna pan, pan out and is your partner or is your family or who's going to help sustain your bills? And what if you have other children? There's so many facets to this. And all these things add to why it's so important to kind of 
plan ahead if you can instead of waiting until like oh shoot I'm pregnant what do I do now you know I agree. I mean, I remember with my first, I mean, my first was like a critical adult move. Like, like that's when you started to adult, like for real. Yeah. Um, because I, with her, like I, I switched counties. I took another job. I actually went to start working in maternity. Um, but I, I went to that interview in my second trimester, which lets oh you know God. I had no protected time, no FMLA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, my maternity leave was five weeks. I worked night shift. So it was a perfect storm for all kinds of other things, right? But it taught me that, you know, I need to have short-term disability. Mm -hmm. I need, in the future pregnancies, I need to have different kinds of planning. Um, And it made me wiser. But many times, and thankfully, we made it, you know? But it's it's grueling to think about if I did not have the support that I needed, um, what what could have happened, you know? What could have happened, yeah, because... I mean, and that's how, you know, life can turn really, can do a big shift on you. You find that you're pregnant and for some reason you can't work because of health issues. And then if you were the main person bringing income into the household, what do you do? You know, yes, there's government programs and there's certain assistances that you can get, but the stress and the anxiety and the worry that that puts puts you, you know, that space that it puts you in, it's, it's not easy and it's very hard. And, and while we're saying all of this, obviously we know that things happen, life happens. Um, it's not all the time you can perfectly plan out everything, but, um, these are good things to be aware of. If you know that there's a chance that you can get pregnant anytime, it's good to just have short-term disability. Can I just correct? Always. Just have it. Just always have it. Agreed. Because you never know what can happen, pregnancy or not. Right. And that short term disability kind of kicks in to pay a certain amount of your pay while you're out, not able to work for it for some medical reason. So like those things, we're having a financial conversation now. But you need to with kids. I mean, if you're thinking that should be that, that's that should be F, right? Biomedical, behavioral, social, sexual and then financial. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I was at a um, I was at a, a graduation for one of my kids from like DPK to kindergarten, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we know that it, it pays, it takes a million dollars to raise a kid. And I'm like, what, the, you know, <laughs> how, do, how do you even, how do you budget for that? How do you think about that? And yeah. that's just, that's beyond, that's not just navigating the first year um, of their lives. When you think right. about, you know, the, the cost of healthcare and everything else. It's, um, it's a lot. Yeah. We, we a can lot. have another podcast talking about planning for, for child care. <laughs> child care in South Florida is no joke. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah. I think we have like another 10 podcasts that we just came up with. Um, but we're going to, let's focus on, let's, let's get through. Let's get through this Let's do, um, but um, job history, job location. Um, and then I, I, what did I, and then the other thing that I wanted to, think about too like that strategic thinking about um benefits made me think there are a lot of companies now that are offering paternity care paternity yes, um, yeah and so i mean if for me if i were talking to my younger self right i would say you know be strategic about the kind of company that you want to work for yeah knowing that you're in an age where you may have kids so that yes. it's not such a huge like i just um one more thing that i wanted to add so I, there, you may find out about policies that may not be beneficial for family life and you find out when you're vulnerable. 
So you want to ask those questions before you you begin. Like, I, I, for, for instance, for us, we found out that both of us worked for the same company at the same time. And we were not able to both be out to take care of each other in FMLA. But when do, you find, when do you find that out? You only find that out when you need it. When you need that. <laughs> right. So those are it's, some it's, questions. It's a, I don't know what I don't know question. Like, I didn't Correct. know that I didn't, I needed to ask this to know. Agreed. Agreed. You know, you know? which oh is why goodness. like having these conversations on preconception care and, and um, women's health 100%. and perinatal health, they're so important. Like I was yeah, listening yeah. to another podcast and they were talking about um, if you're, if you expect to be on a cruise and mm-hmm. all of all of a sudden you find out you're on a battleship, that the trauma of that realization is real. You know, because wow. you're expecting a smooth ride with a drink uh-huh. in your And hand. then all of a sudden it's a sudden shift. Oof. Right. Which is why I really like this, this throwing it out there. It's for you to know this is what can happen. These yes. are the things you need to prepare for. When you see someone, you're like, oh my God, he looks good. You have mm-hmm. to think about, mm, what's his family mm-hmm. history? Mm, mm-hmm. What does he bring yeah. to the table? What is he, you, yes. have to, you have to go beyond, yeah. oh my goodness. It looks like he could deadlift whatever. You know, you have to go beyond that. So Yeah, so. it's so important. <laughs> if, it, I wish I knew this then, you know? So hopefully this is going to save someone the anxiety and the stress and um, the confusion that can come, like what you said, when you get, um, when you get, smacked in the face with some of these <laughs> that's what it feels like when it happens agreed agreed <laughs> that's what it, it felt does. like when I was when I couldn't work when I was pregnant and I'm like what do you mean like that's a whole when your household depends on your income that's a whole mental yeah. hmm okay yeah. shift <laughs> yeah. And I think most women, most women are coming, you know, they're dual income households. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the norm. That's not the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so being, not being able to do the work, you have to do the math of, okay, so I, most daycare, you don't start until 12 weeks. However, I'm only have five weeks of, of PL because I started yeah. this job at X time. Mm-hmm. So, and can I bring my mom up? Can I do this? Can I do that? What about my aunt? What about my sister-in-law? Like you start like, you start, you, you start figuring community. out everything. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do I breastfeed? My God, my formula, look at how much formula costs. Do I need a pump? Like your, your mind is doing all this gymnastics. All of these things. Um, whereas if you did preconception care, guys, you know, um, you, you'd have thought about a lot of these yeah. things. Yeah. So knowing um, is half the battle. Knowing will save you so much um yes it'll save you financially (laughs) clearly um but the stress and the anxiety and it's a whole other podcast talk about how stress affects pregnancy but it'll save you so much stress anxiety and then also your relationships because your relationships are impacted so significantly uh by pregnancy but throw in um other complications of finance of emotional stress or of not having to work and then on top of that you're worried about the actual pregnancy and the baby it it can be extremely overwhelming and affect your relationship with you and your partner you know agreed agreed big time and um that can just additionally negatively impact it may it may be as you said that it made me think about military you know, moms who are left. So, you know, if, if their husbands are deployed, mm-hmm. 
you know, and so they're left alone to think about managing the household while their partner's distant. And it could be any kind of distance, whether it's mental yeah. distance or physical yeah. distance, um, that would in- increase the stress of the of having the pregnancy. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Next week, we'll continue our very lovely conversation with registered nurse Crystal Roberts. Thank you.